Um, some tips. And we're back. This is awesome. We have Quinn Tuff. Um, Quinn is a guitar savant, I will say. Um, mm-hmm. I found Quinn on Instagram, and I wasn't the first one. He's got, you know, like 50,000 Instagram followers. But I'm staying up, like, watching Law & Order SVU or whatever at night and scrolling through Instagram. And I'm watching the Kelsey Brothers on, you know, like, their podcast. And all of a sudden, Quinn comes up, and it's a Grateful Dead solo and i want to say it was either bertha or jack straw or something that like spoke to me to my core and i think it might have been like something from american beauty most likely but so i dug in and i stayed up for probably another two hours watching every single clip um and i'm like i gotta reach out maddie do you mind if we have on the podcast so quinn welcome to the show thank you thank you very much for having me if uh if the rest of this conversation is anything like the last few minutes, it'll definitely be very fun. So thank you both. Yeah, Gibby, that was a killer intro. I can attest. Um, yeah, I don't know why you keep asking me. You know, I don't care. I am into chaos and randomness. And so anything you bring me, I'm dialed in. But yeah, Gib- <laughs> Gibby is our resident uh, social media maven. He's 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 in there consuming and just shooting shots and trying to get people to join. And Man, he's he's better than most. He's occasionally we have a nice person like Quinn that says yes. But we, <laughs> you know, so we've had a few guests in the music world, and and we ventured off from sports where we normally like live and call home. Um, but we've had you know a, a guest that was on a stadium tour, one that was uh, recently played at the Grand Ole Opry. Um, so it's we want to touch this world, and and I find it exciting. I'm a mediocre guitar player, but. Quinn, tell us a little bit of your backstory when you fell in love with the music world and and especially like jam bands seem to be your specialty. Yeah, totally. It It's actually pretty funny because I, I grew up listening to the Grateful Dead. So my dad is a huge deadhead and named actually me and my three brothers all after dead songs. Nice. So I'm named after the Mighty Quinn, which I know for everyone listening. I know that that's a, a Bob Dylan song, originally Quinn the Eskimo, but that is where my name comes comes from. And so it was sort of, I guess, meant to be that I I sort of had to become a deadhead at some point, um, <laughs> which it's actually funny because it took me about, you know, 15 or 16 years to actually come around to enjoying the music. So I would always yeah. go in my dad's car at like seven, eight years old, and he would be, he would have the the dead Sirius XM channel on and I would hate it. I would like always put my own music in if I ever had the chance or just ride with my mom because I just <laughs> want to find it. Um, but then I started playing guitar at around eight years old and it took me even like six or seven years of playing guitar to get a little bit more interested in that. And then at around the same time, I started to come around to the jam band style. Um, and really, you know, I think that was when I was 16 years old, I went to my first Dead & Co show, somewhat reluctantly. But when I went to that and I saw John Mayer playing that music that I'd heard my whole life, I was like, okay, that's one guy that I do really enjoy playing the music that I have grown up with and I'm capable of doing on guitar. So then I went home, I played it, and then, you know, ever since then, I'm, I'm 23 now, so... After about eight years, it's uh, it's really stuck, and I've gotten much more into it. Took me a little bit to get into fish, gotten fish, and then all of the bands that spread away um, 
within the genre. So overall, it's been definitely a pretty interesting experience. And I'm so glad that it has come to this point that I enjoy the music as much as I do, because it could have obviously gone a different route had I not been more curious. But yeah, I'm very glad that I uh, actually decided to explore it a little bit more. I was going to ask you the the vaunted Dead and Co question because I feel like like traditional like OG Deadheads are like split on whether or not Mayor belongs or not. So massive points for the OMP uh, boys from from yeah, us to you, up. yeah, for the John Mayer co-sign. Um, it's kind of funny that you mentioned how you got into it too with your parents like growing up and having them play it. I don't know if that's just the way it is when you get into jam bands. I had a college roommate who. Um, I believe, and this is not an exaggeration, has listened to every single one of Dick's picks all the way through <laughs> to the point where like it was just on in the in the apartment 24-7. And I've never really like had a strong feeling either way, but it's funny, the more and more you listen to this type of music, I think the more and more it grabs people. And I don't know what that is. Maybe you have a take there. Like, is it the fact that it's kind of like a, a spin-off of jazz in the sense that you can kind of explore the space and, you know phil lesh and and the boys might go like 20 minutes on a song for no reason at all and just like go forever or you know what is it like specifically do you think that draws people to this type in this form of music yeah i mean honestly i think that to truly enjoy it you have to be willing to you know like allow for some experimentation to happen i think that's the real reason why people listen to for example like 150 different versions of deal and never yeah. get tired of it because yep. every version's different. Yeah. And if you go in with the attitude of, you know, I want to hear this being performed live exactly how it was recorded, definitely don't go to a jam band show because yeah. that is the antithesis of um the premise of that genre as a whole. So I think to answer your question in a little bit of a shorter way, yeah. The, the appeal to jam bands is for people to experience a longer experimentation with music that you know brings you through a bunch of different emotions and shows off some some really amazing musicians and ultimately makes a cohesive crazy three three and a half hour show um and yeah it's it's totally addicting i I mean it's it's the improv of the music industry right like if you're a comedian and you just gravitate to improv as opposed to like scripted comedy of some sort maybe it's a little bit like it sounds like from your answer that's kind of the best parallel i could draw yeah totally totally and in terms of like when you're or you're teaching right like so what drove you to i want to teach how people how to do a solo um how to you know continue on this from whatever like the baseline is into this experimental world. Yeah. I honestly, I, I started teaching because my aunt like five years ago asked me if I could start teaching my cousin doing zoom lessons. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'll, I'll do that, you know, once a week. And so I started to do that, did that all throughout college and started to build out my roster of, you know, family students. And then once my Instagram got a little bit bigger, I started to realize that online there weren't many resources for people to learn more unique jam band oriented material, I guess. So, yeah. for example, if it's like a solo from the Cornell show, I was it was pretty impossible for me to find any sort of tablature information on that specific thing 
And I know from, you know, playing jam band style guitar for as long as I have and just generally being surrounded in the scene that people are looking for that stuff. And I think, you know, if I can be the one to provide it, even if it's just on a small level, I will totally do that because it is really what I enjoy to do. If I hear really awesome, like Bertha or Jack Straw, and I'm like, I want to learn that. I learn it by ear. I write it down and I'll, I'll publish it or I'll, I'll take a video of myself playing it because I think there are, there are quite a few other people who appreciate that. Um, and I want to be able to share that with as many as I can. That's awesome. That's the common denominator. Every musician we speak to, this is now, how many are we up to now, Gibby? Like at least three or four? four. Yeah. Yeah. And the the common denominator, and you just nailed it, is that you have to, like, I think, I think Ed Jurdy referenced it as like the work is the, is the payoff. Like the work is the gift. And like, you really have to truly love it more than you to do it. Yeah. It's gotta be more than a hobby. Like we talked about backstage, like we like doing the podcast and we're not doing it for anybody but ourselves. We're just having fun with it. Like, it's just great to meet people and have these conversations, but that is the one common thread is you have to like really truly love to be involved with it all day, every day. Yeah, like That's the key. One thing I've noticed particularly actually, which just sort of came to my attention a few months ago is that with a lot of other things in life, my patience is somewhat limited yes, but I, I sit down <laughs> when i sit down to learn a guitar solo it's like full focus i don't care if it takes me two and a half hours and i have to go through a youtube recording and click back like every two seconds yeah i'm gonna look that i'll write it down and i'll get the video out because that just gives me such a huge sense of accomplishment but also i don't know it's a good feeling knowing that something that happened 30 or 40 years ago is now replicated for people to see visually, even though it wasn't the original person that did it. Um, So yeah, it's just really funny. I I think when I'm like driving in the car with my girlfriend and I'm getting annoyed at other drivers, I just think about how much more patience I have in moments like this and (laughs) (laughs) exercise that. I don't Tarmac, yeah. like when we're taxiing in the airplane i'm like can we just get to the gate yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but put a in front of me and i'm good no patience what gibby can attest i'm the same you seem like the kind of guy who might have a lot more than me i am <laughs> i mean i'm full of rage the minute i leave my driveway and somebody takes a turn too slowly like five oh, seconds yeah. down the road like i oh yeah <laughs> i gotta be moving i learned this the other day actually gibby i meant to tell you this when i'm out about in the world and i'm zipping around nobody moves as fast as me and so by default everybody's gonna frustrate me so i have to like just to your point quinn i gotta like reorient myself to the world and like how everybody's kind of just like going at their pace yeah there's just not that many people moving at the pace i'd like and that's what it is quinn i'm curious and i don't know the answer to this i mean we we literally spoke for about five or six minutes first time we met but um like, are you, have you done performances? I mean, you're, you're wonderful to listen to and it's amazing. All of, like the videos that you have, have you done live performances? Is that like a, an area that you want to continue to grow to? He has. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully in the future, the goal is to make that my primary thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, in the past, you know, when I was in high school, I played in like the jazz band because it was the only thing that I could really do yeah. guitar wise that, you know, kind of for any sort of credit. So I did that in high school. In college, I had a few friends in my fraternity who I was able to play guitar with at, you know, the local coffee shop. You yeah. know, on a Friday night, we would play 
everyone in my fraternity would come have a few beers. It was like the perfect, perfect way to just sort of relax, perform, not much pressure. Get some reps. Uh, exactly. Exactly. But yeah, this past summer I played a bunch with this guy named Zane Christopher, who um, he's also local in Massachusetts. And we did a bunch of stuff together, which was really awesome. But I decided to go to New York and he's not going to New York. So my plan in New York is to find a group that I can like really, really solidify and start playing with a lot more because yeah, like I said, the the end goal is to make the live touring my primary gig. Yeah. As I was digging through your website, um, I guess that was last night, that 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 brought me to another point there. So you're probably going to back into that in New York, I would assume, because you seem to have the right demeanor, right? Like no ego. You're just sort of like looking to have people to share this with. What, you know, what exactly are you like, what's your goal? I will say for 2024. Like, I know it's the high level goal is like to, to find a band and play music. What does that look like? Like inside, like at the meta, like what are you, what are you really hoping to accomplish this year in terms of the move and, and finding that? Yeah, I think, you know, ideally. By the end of the year, I would like to have something to show for my specific specific interpretation of, you know, my style of jam band music. Mm-hmm. And that'll obviously come with with playing with a bunch of people and sort of sorting out what I want my style to be or what I want our style to be as a band. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ultimately, you know, I look at, at guys like, Daniel Donato and Billy Strings mm-hmm. and like Marcus King, all of these guys, they have their own bands that are definitely jam bands in their own right, but they have their own twist to it, right? Daniel Donato is like the country player. Billy Strings is the bluegrass guy. Yep. King has got the soul, blues, jazz, whatever. I want to sort of find my own way to, you know, make my playing unique, I guess, or make the the offering a little bit more unique. Um, and I think, you know, Part of the the good thing and the bad thing about that is that I don't really know exactly how to. That's fine. <laughs> it's exciting. I mean, it's, it's all fine. Too. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to come with, with a year of work. So I'm excited to see where it's at in twenty or by the end of twenty twenty four. But you know, on top of that, I I definitely see myself continuing to to teach a little bit on the side. Obviously, continue posting Instagram videos because I know how how happy it makes some people, and I definitely would not want to stop doing that because it also makes me very happy so that's awesome that's the general plan good i like that so are there any like as you start to think about touring and starting starting to go out on the road and a little more extensively are there any specific venues that are your like holy Mm. grail that i really really want to play there yeah i mean there there are definitely the obvious ones red rocks is obviously the first thing that comes to mind but i've also always wanted to play at the newport folk fest mm-hmm. it's yeah. i i go every single year and it's just i've i've never been to a place that is more like ultimate summer venue yeah and there's classic, no classic, out there. classic got... new england yeah. yeah 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 it doesn't get much better than that so i think red rocks and newport folk fest the main stage those are my two like dream venues to play, but obviously, you know, there are so many in between so many smaller venues too, that I, you know, whether it be in Boston or just in other random parts of the country that I've been to. So the house of blues in Boston, I've been to 
dozens of times if i could play there i would be super happy like yeah. there's there's a bunch of other places that i would love to go to but if i were to to narrow it down to the main goals it would be red rocks and newport for sure red rocks definitely lives up to the hype I, yeah i i lived out there for a bit i saw a few shows there and it's you kind of build it up in your mind and it sounds like you've already done this you build it up to a point where you're like there's no way it can possibly meet these expectations and it's if you get the right band and the right night and the right weather and the right people, it is definitely like an escape. It's, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a definitely a moment that you'll remember for sure. Totally. Totally. I saw, um, I saw it was the, the wheels of soul tour in like 2016, maybe. Okay. So it was Marcus King band when Marcus King was like 23 or 22, maybe. Uh-huh. and drive-by truckers and tedeschi trucks band so all wow. of those bands and we had gone to a show in mansfield mass yep. earlier in the summer and then went out to red rocks and that's the only show i've been to there but it was absolutely mind-blowing yeah um, i just couldn't imagine what it would feel like to stand on that stage and look out at the rocks and the the full yeah. crowd um yeah it looks amazing yeah, it's the acoustics too, the way the sound bounces. Like it's specifically designed that way. The sound bounces off the sides of the rocks and it's just totally. like engulfs you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You'll get there. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll be there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we don't need excuses to go to Colorado, Gibby. Yeah. Um, yeah, Denver Broncos play there too. But um, Oh, no way. <laughs> so a couple rapid fire questions for you, Quinn. Um, favorite under the radar band right now like in the in the jam band world or band that you're listening to oh geez um thinking let's see honestly they're becoming less under the radar but i would say aggie they're really good super good new jam band i would definitely check them out and your favorite show that you've been to in the last two years since COVID, I'll give you. you get Since time. COVID, that's a that's a yeah. good way to make that time frame because I went to Fish's first show back in Arkansas after COVID, like their first show since the, the pandemic. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely insane. It was like 110 degrees, but and like Don't me care. and my brothers had our shirts off, but yeah. it, the most insane, like, I don't know. I, I can't even explain it. It was incredible. Have you been to any of their shows at the Garden? um at madison square garden yeah i went to one i went um when they did when they couldn't do the, the new year's shows yeah and we scheduled it for like april yeah i think it was two years ago maybe i went to one of those nights and that nice. was insane too yeah yeah <laughs> and so you can give more than one answer but your go-to grateful dead song to play, uh, not necessarily to listen to, but to solo. Oh, but if it's a different answer, maybe you have. Oh yeah, we can go play. Give us play and listen to. So both both of my responses are rotating weekly. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, of all time, my favorite to listen to and play is Brown Eyed Women because right. it was the first okay. song in when I went to that Dead and Co show when I was sixteen. That I remember I took a video on my phone of John Mayer singing it because I was like, oh, this song is like actually pretty good. Yeah. And he was singing it so well. And that night I just watched it like a hundred times, kept on listening. And then that became my favorite. And I think if I were to give one answer for the rest of my life, it would probably be that. Gotcha. 
And then did, Horn, did Hornsby write that? Who wrote that one? Or was it Jerry? Um, no, it was yeah, it was earlier on because they I believe there see, okay. This is gonna I'm gonna get in trouble here because I That's I, okay. I, <laughs> you don't have to we're, we're gonna protect it's you. It's a big catalog. It's a big catalog, man. You can't hold anybody to it. I know they played it in 72. I know that. So okay. okay. Maybe it was Bobby Weir. We don't yeah. know. We'll give it to Bobby Weir in his short shorts. He's got he's the guy. <laughs> Uh, and so before we wrap it up, because I know you've got a lesson to run to, um, you, you know, you're, you're teaching the children. Well, no pun intended. That was a Chris Berman, uh, line. Thank you. Um, yeah, we missed him <laughs> for the young guys. But, um, so in terms of, you know, you're going show to show, you're doing lessons, maybe you're doing a live show and you got to head back for a lesson. You know, you're not going to eat for four hours. So you got to stop, pump some gas. You got about 15 minutes and you're running into the gas station, What's yeah. your go-to snack? This is actually, it's kind of funny because I've always wanted to be asked this question because I saw in a Julian Edelman interview uh-huh. before the Super Bowl, I think the year that they were playing the Falcons, it was the media day. Someone asked him that question and he said corn nuts. And oh. I saw it and I was like, what are corn nuts? They're Next so good. Gas station, I got it. And now it's easily my go-to. Do you go plain or do you have a flavor you like? plain anything else is just too i agree some people get a little risky with it because they want to try ranch because they're thinking it's going to taste like doritos corn nuts are meant to be enjoyed pure they have to be because you got to eat the whole bag so it's yeah they're so salty but it's like i'm a big popcorn guy and so any kind of corn is going to make the list for me but corn nuts are just (laughs) fantastic they're so salty but there's like a little bit for you in case you ever need this trader joe's i believe it is has their own version of corn nuts really like a bigger bag and they're pretty much an exact dupe so keep that okay. in the back of your mind if you can't find them and you're near a trader joe's i will definitely order. need to check that out yeah that's a great answer nuts. quinn we don't want to keep the the students um waiting too long but thank you so much and yeah, uh one thing when you go to new york no kardashians stay with your girlfriend um <laughs> you know we are so thrilled for you. We love listening to you yeah. uh, on Instagram. We can't wait to see where your career and your band, you know, whoever, however it's formed takes you. Um, you know, we'd love to have you back uh, yep. sometime. Totally. totally. Let us know how it's going. Give us an update. But yeah, uh, congratulations on everything you're doing right now. And and um, thank you so much for, for doing yeah, man. this. You got the right vibe. You're authentic. You're going about it the right way. Right attitude. So let's have you back on once you get settled in New York and get an update of how things are going. Love it. Will do. Thank you guys so much. That was a Thanks, ton of man. Awesome. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Quinn. Bye bye. Bye.